Over 460 million people around the world have disabling hearing loss. Starkey Hearing Foundation provides hearing aids and hearing-related health care to millions of patients in over 100 countries. But they need your support to continue helping those in need. Give the gift of hearing by donating to the Listen In Campaign. Go to listenincampaign.org to donate today. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-I-N-C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N dot O-R-G. This is the MLW Radio Network. Hey everybody, once again, welcome to Primetime with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Sean Mooney. This is a delayed episode 12, but there is a hurricane-sized reason for that interruption. Before we get to that, I want to bring in my broadcast partner, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Great well, Sean, I thought, thank you, brother. You know the first things first, baby. Oh, kind of get you going, Brian. But I tell you, I like being your broadcast partner. I don't know if I've ever been a broadcast partner before. It sounds kind yes. of cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that almost better than broadcast colleague, which uh, Mr. Oakland. you call me? Colleague. Oh, I misunderstood you. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a, a great uh, podcast coming up, folks. But before we get to that, I just want to talk about why uh, we, we uh, were not uh, up with a new episode last week. And as I mentioned, a hurricane-sized reason, well, um, I don't really talk very often about the other life that I lead, uh, but uh, after I left the WWF, I started working in news, and I worked in New York and Boston, and then I came back to Arizona, where I uh, raised my kids here, and then I worked with the uh, Fox network, the regional network here for, in sports for a lot of time, but then I got back into news, and uh, during my career, I've done some great uh, uh, coverage, uh, had the opportunity to, to do some great uh, trips I went to the Olympics in Russia for the Winter Olympics there. I've covered, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, political campaigns and all that. But uh, with my new station, you know, sometimes things come up and uh, we have a sister station in Corpus Christi. And they asked me to please help them and come out and help them with the coverage there. As you know, uh, Hurricane Harvey slammed the Texas coast uh, and did some uh, major, major damage. And I was in what was called the the, the ground zero, really, where the, the eye of the storm, the impact of that hurricane, that devastating hurricane, hit the coast. And uh, the folks in that area, not so much the flooding, Jim, that these folks were hit with. It was the 140-plus mile-an-hour winds. And I don't know, I'm sure many of you out there listening have experienced uh, devastation like that and seen it. Uh, many of you seen the video, but until you are on the ground and see what those folks uh, are experiencing there, it, you really just cannot understand what uh, Mother Nature can do. She can be uh, one nasty bitch, I think is the best way to put it, Jim, because <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, you know, just mile after mile, it looks like a bomb went off in those areas. And I really wanted to talk about it just because, you know, you're hearing uh, about what these people are dealing with. But if you can do anything to help them, it is going to be years to uh, before these folks really can even put their lives back together. They're they're doing what they can right now. It's a point of survival, and uh, the outpouring has been tremendous. I know Houston has re- received a great deal of attention, uh, w- and they should because of the devastation there with the flooding. But don't forget these folks along the coast there, the you know the uh, Rockport area, the Aransas area, Ingleside, and those places, Jim. Those places just got walloped. 
And uh, I know that uh, you've done a lot of charity work. You've you've done uh, events where uh, you've raised help raise money. But I know everybody's yeah. in on this one. Yeah, I tell you, Sean. I think anybody everybody can understand. Uh, you know, you being down there last week and having to to postpone the podcast. I mean, you got to have your priorities. And of course, folks down there fighting for their lives, fighting for their survival, uh, yeah. is understandable. And it's great that you were able to go down there and cover it and share it to the rest of the country, the rest of the the world. Exactly what kind of uh, challenges those people are going through down there. And uh, we appreciate you going down there. I know that that's a it's a hardship for you. You leave your family you're down there you're you know you're now staying at the hilton down there that's for no. sure and no. uh, you know it was a, a tough time for you down there so welcome back and good job down there brother well thank you and and you're right it, it was uh, not the greatest conditions but uh, you know we at night we were able to travel back to uh, corpus christi we stayed in san antonio where there was hotels and air conditioning but uh, there's people there in those areas as i mentioned rockport you know day after day jim they're just you know they wake up and Nothing's changed and they have really nowhere to go. The shelters are, you know, uh, very helpful, but they want to be in their houses. And the uh, humidity is really bad down there this time of year. Of course, with all that standing water comes, uh, you know, a lot of the mosquitoes. They had mosquitoes down there. You know, mosquitoes usually don't like me. They didn't give a damn. They did not give a damn. They were like, I'm, I'm telling these things were huge. They're they Texas were so mosquitoes, big. brother. Texas. Were, everything's, everything's big in Texas. Yep. But they were so big, Jim. I mean, you could feel when they when they yeah. punctured you. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah. like About the size of sparrows, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like pull. You know, you needed a, yeah. a rifle to take them down. But yeah, but it, it's just what, you know, and just take for granted that, uh, you know, you've got go get a drink of water. There's no running water. There's no electricity. Cell phones are knocked down. That's why one of the reasons it was really tough for us to communicate with anybody, because you couldn't really even make a phone call. And uh, we had a sat phone, which they uh, they have, you know, that you go directly to satellite and you can talk to anybody in the world. But uh, most folks don't have that. And it's just really tough. Uh, before we move on though, if you it's can a help long, long-term deal too, Sean, you know, I mean, people watch it on TV and say, boy, that coverage has been going on for a while. No, it's just started. And for those yeah. folks down there in, uh, in, in Texas, it's going to be a long time coming, man. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, everybody talks about the, the country being torn apart. I think here you're going to see our country come together like never before, maybe since nine 11 and, uh, support those folks down there in Texas. Yeah. And whatever you think of uh, our current administration, uh, Donald Trump was down there uh, when I was there. Um, uh, Mike Pence came down there with his wife and uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, they came to this church and uh, they were right there with everybody. And they took the time and they were talking to these people and they were singing uh, God bless America. And they had a prayer vigil, Jim. And I, I it was emotional to see these people because here they came out uh, just looking to help their community. And there's people that their whole, their homes were, are, were knocked down and yet they were coming to these distribution centers and help and getting in line there to not to get supplies to help, you know? And I talked to one woman, she said, yeah, you know, we've, uh, we can't get to the back of the house, but we've got a little area that we, we can sleep in and we've got water and these people, and we just knew we had to come and help. And these people that are already going through hardship on their own and they were coming out and the media, uh, you know, I have my own criticism of what the media does, and a lot of this is is very true of what's going on. But what the good thing about what the folks are doing and the and the media that went down there is that they are getting the message out. That is so important to let these people know what uh, the residents in those areas are going through, 
and yeah. that they need help. It's not, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, that'll die down, but this is going to be an ongoing process. And uh, before we move on, though, I just want, I know that, uh, you know, Bruce Pritchard has got a campaign going and there with uh, Love to Houston. And, but uh, my station is also doing something with their group. It's called Give to the Gulf. It's the Give to the Gulf campaign. And all the proceeds are going to uh, help uh, people, you know, down in those areas. And if you can do it, folks, if you can give, uh, I tremendously appreciate it. All you got to do is go to kvoa.com, kvoa.com. And right at the top of the page, uh, you can click there and you can donate. And what's great about it is that they're going to match $50,000. For the first $50,000, they will match it. So that's $100,000 that's going to go there. But whatever you can do. And um, uh, like Jim said, we would, we wanted to be uh, recording a, a podcast last week. We love doing this, but uh, sometimes other things happen and you get, and you just got to step up. There's definitely priorities. And it's a shame sometimes that it takes a tragedy to get our country to pull in one direction. And, you know, of course, this is a tragedy. And if anything, it did bring our country at least focused in one direction for a change. Yeah. And one of the... Uh, packages I wrapped up down there in one of my live shots, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, that the worst of disasters is what brings out the best in people. Yeah. And, you know, it is, it's, it, you know, we, sh- I wish we did this every day, but man, Jim, I know you've spent some time in Texas. I don't know if I've ever met nicer people. Than, yeah, I, I, uh, I enjoy really- Texas. Yeah, of course, down, you know, we're going to SMU. Our spring break was down there on Padre Island, Galveston, yeah. you know, right. that was uh, where we'd always go down there for our spring break. And of course, uh, you know, the mid South wrestling territory, uh, Southwest, uh, championship wrestling, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Texas and of course, as everybody's hearts go out for the folks down there. Yeah. But it's just amazing. Just the, uh, I hear people that don't even have homes and I, a woman came up to me and said, you know, yeah. with a bottle of water and said, here, honey, you need, you get, you need yeah. to keep drinking, you stay hydrated yeah. out here. And I'm like, wow, I'm okay. A can do attitude. You're not kidding. Yeah. You see them interview somebody in front of their house is destroyed. And you're like, well, I don't have it as bad as some folks, you know, I mean, that's the type of attitude down there. And, uh, I think that's why Texas will come back stronger than ever. Yeah. We were in one of those, uh, just d- horrible, devastated neighborhoods and a woman drove up Jim in her car. This is the first time. Cause you know, everybody, thank God, everybody got out of there. You know, just when they knew that was coming, these folks know when it start it hits a category, uh, you know, three or four, it is time to to get out of Dodge, and they left. But we were there, and a woman came back in her car. It, it, it was the first time she'd seen her home, everything around her, there was a a trailer that had just been completely flipped. It was a mobile home right next door. Their house fared pretty well, but there was some damage, and she just broke down. I mean, on her knees. It was really tough to watch, and she gets up. And she said, she goes in and she comes back out. She goes, uh, I'd invite you in, but things are, it's a bit of a mess in there. <laughs> and we're like, and we had, uh, you know, uh, a big cooler of water and we just gave them, you know, everything we could. We, we just, but I, I couldn't believe that here she comes out, <laughs> invite in. And I'm like, wow, these folks, <laughs> you talk about tough. Tough well, hopefully we won't have to postpone strong. another one with that uh, one out there in the Atlantic going on now. And of course, everybody's got to keep their eye on North Korea too. I mean, hopefully we'll just go ahead and keep having our podcast talking about the golden age of wrestling. That's right. And uh, that's what we're here for. We're going to get to it. Uh, folks loved hear, hearing from you. We've got some great questions that uh, we put out the word about legends house. So we've got some great questions that came in, uh, keep them coming. You know, Jim's, uh, 
A Twitter handle is uh, at official hacksaw. You can get me at at Sean Mooney who, and of course you can email us at primetime at MLW.com. Uh, Jim, I'm going to start, uh, before we get to our legends house main event today, um, we have continued to get requests from people who want to hear all about, uh, the chic incident. The infamous <laughs> chic incident with hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, I ain't talking about uh, it. Boy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm gonna the press. The will live go down in infamy. I tell you. Well, I am doing a. Uh, I've already started. I got my file going. I'm collecting information, uh, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna do this. I I'm, I think we can do it in a month. We're gonna keep counting this down. But Takes I about want a month to, to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. And there's so much that people don't know. Uh, I know you've done uh, some shoot interviews where you've talked to people about this, but I know there is so much more. And uh, so anyway, we're going to do this in a month. We're going to continue to uh, talk about this and uh, make sure that you tune in when we do it. We'll tell you when, when we're going to do it. But it's uh, I'm hoping in a month I got to speak with our producer, Brian uh, Fritz, who is uh, going to working on this with me. But it's I wouldn't be, be talking to Brian who to put it off for another two years, maybe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to it let's get to legends house let's talk about who the players are in this hacksaw jim duggan if you remember back uh this was actually shot i think in 2012 wasn't it jim when they actually did the shooting it took I a while to get was the it took a while they sat in the can for a while and they, yeah. they spent a whole lot of money on it you know we were all worried that they weren't even going to air it but it finally came out with the network yeah, and that's what it, uh, one of the reasons they were uh, waiting on it too. Is they uh, back that they didn't really know. They kept talking about the network, the network, and when, but there was no real launch date. And they were producing all of this content as they, uh, you know, hammered out uh, the logistics and how they were going to do the network. And this was one of those uh, series that they put together, Legends House, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hillbilly Jim. Pat Patterson, uh, the great booker from the WWF, WWE, mean Gene Okerlund, a former broadcast colleague, Jim, Tony Atlas, who uh, I just saw you flinch uh, through the, uh, <laughs> so I could just feel your, uh, Howard Finkel, the famed ring announcer, and the mouth of the South, the Jimmy. Now, we're going to, uh, we'll do a quick rundown of all of those people. And then, of course, Ashley Roberts was the uh, femme fatale in this, who was the uh, co-host or the host of this show. But She was um, a singer, right? She was a singer oh, for yeah. somebody. It's really interesting. Really interesting. We'll talk about her. But I wanted to, to mention some of the other names that came close to being a part of this. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. The Iron Sheik, which would have been great as your roommate, I'm sure. Would have been <laughs> you're really, you're asking for it, Moody. <laughs> Bang, zoom to the that moon. Was a shot. You're uh, Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Snuka was also Sergeant Slaughter and the Honky Tonk Man. Now, people have uh, sent me questions about this. You know, how did it, they how did they get to this lineup of people who actually went to the house? I think you were the only ones who agreed to do it because <laughs> I spoke to some of my friends who were there during that time. And they it was really tough to get people to commit to this because, Jim, uh, t tell us how you first heard about this how they contact you what did they tell you it was going to be well they've been sniffing around about that for over a year you know it was been in the works at the end they had talked to dibiase he you know and everybody a lot of guys didn't want to do it but also a lot of the guys wanted to be part of it it was a big opportunity 
And uh, actually, I was on the road uh, doing some indie shows, and uh, Johnny Ace uh, called, or, excuse me, Mr. Laronitis called me and, uh, you know, said that they asked me to do this uh, Legend House. And it's like five weeks out in California, which is a com- commitment, you know, with the, my wife yeah. and my daughters were in school and stuff. And uh, so I, I slept on it, and I called them the next day and said, yeah, are you kidding? Yeah, I want to be part of it. Right. But you did have to think about it, folks. That this and what it was first, actually yeah. the shooting was more than five weeks, though, wasn't it, Jim? I believe, yeah, just over five Eight? weeks. I think the was whole it? time. Well, they probably yeah, with some, you know, that was a consistent five weeks out there in California. Wow, uh, we were out at uh, it was supposedly Harpo Marx's mansion from back in the day in Palm Springs, California. God, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And, uh, you know, if you had to be stuck somewhere for five weeks, Palm Springs, not a bad place to be stuck. No, not in that house. And if you've uh, seen the the show on the network, yeah, it was a beautiful house. And I loved all of the drone shots of, uh, you know, to see the grounds because it really was quite uh, quite a a house. And, uh, yeah, and uh, tennis court and everything else. So they called and they said, you know, you want to finally said, yeah, they said, well, fly out to California and, you know, on the way, like you have to have a roommate and like a roommate. I haven't had a roommate since college. You got to be kidding (laughs) a roommate. Who the hell am I going to room with? And I'm like, well, I know uh, Jimmy Hart pretty well. I can get along with Jimmy. I know Hillbilly, Hillbilly a little bit. And like when I get there, like in there, you're rooming with Piper. (laughs) What? And I didn't really know Pipe back then, you know. We just uh, we've been in the same dressing room, but he hung with Orton and different guys, and I was running with Jake and and my crew. So we'd just say hello to each other. We weren't really friends, or you were just, just colleagues. You were just colleagues, yeah. Right? <laughs> and so for the when we get to uh, uh, Legend House, we get there for the first two days. Piper and I are just eyeballing each other. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> you know, and then of course the relationship developed to where the fans called it the bromance, uh, where Pipe and I, we became uh, best friends over those five weeks. Our families became friends. Uh, our wives, our daughters still stay in touch. Uh, it was uh, a, a unique, uh, it was like a lot of guys didn't like, it was like summer camp for me and Piper. Everybody else would be in bed sleeping, me and Pipe be in our bed telling stories and jokes and laughing. With flashlights. <laughs> it was like <laughs> summer <becomes>. camp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that that was a huge commitment, though. You imagine, uh, you know, being in a house with uh, all these guys for five weeks. Oh, and they took your cell phone, uh, no newspapers, no TV. Uh, you could call home, but, uh, the G- mean gene, the head of recording, he'd come on. Hi, I'm mean gene with legend house. This tape is, this phone call is being recorded for legend house. So, you know, you had to have a, a code. I'd call my wife and be, I like to do number nine, four and three to you right now. <laughs> 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 the, the six and the nine and the, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, watch it, Mooney. Just adding numbers. That's all. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I want to get into that bromance a lot more because <laughs> I the one episode I was love I love is when Roddy went to do an appearance and you were just a lost puppy. Well, sh- <laughs> if you're in the house with the rest of those guys, how would you feel? Holy smokes, Pat yeah. and Mean Gene oh. and. Uh, and Howard are sitting around the table going, hey, remember that match in 85 and this happened and that happened? I'm like, oh, my God, who can remember 85? You know? I mean, they would just talk wrestling all the time. And, of course, Tony's in the gym. I'm building my muscles. 
And of course, Hillbilly, Hillbilly really impressed me. He was like a renaissance man. He could sing, he play music, he write music, he cook. I mean, he'd meditate, do yoga. I mean, he was a, he was like a, and I said, if Tony Atlas could, I understand Tony having trouble with me and, uh, me and Piper, we're a pain in the ass too, you know? Yeah. But how in the world do you have trouble with Hillbilly Jim? The guy's like a Buddhist monk, you know? Yeah, and he really what a nice guy. I mean, I re- I worked with him on many occasions. Nice he made a lot of and appearances. A big big man, yeah. he's a big yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, uh, let's run through the players though pretty quickly here, so that everybody knows who we're talking about, who was involved. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Ashley Roberts was a singer. Well, did you know that she was in the group, uh, the Pussycat Dolls, from two thousand three and two thousand ten? She was a major uh, uh, member of that band. And uh, I, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Do you know that that group sold 54 million records, Jim? I did not know that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> that's just amazing. And well, she know, left. At, at first, yeah. I thought she was going to be kind of a pain in the butt. You know, she'd come in every morning. Of course, she was a oh. beautiful young lady. Yeah. And But after a couple of weeks, I, I got the feel for her. Imagine being a young girl all dressed up, coming into a morning into a bunch of a house with eight guys all sitting around, you know, and mean jeans. Like, hey, yeah, I was gonna say, mean jeans. <laughs> everybody's hitting on her, flirting with her, joking with her. I mean, uh, she was a good sport. Yeah. And you mentioned like Jean is like the wolf and, you know, like, <laughs> Jean, hello, hello there. How are you? Yes, Gene <laughs> yeah. Oakland, he's got that voice, you know, yeah. doing that with the mustache, you know, little, <laughs> snidely whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty brave, but uh, you could see when you guys, when she walked into the room, it was like, Oh no, what are you going to make us do now? Yeah. <laughs> She was the one who brought the news on what the next adventure was going to be for you guys. Yeah, and and so. it was, and you know, as we were talking before we got on the air, Sean, you know, a lot of the best stuff they didn't put on uh, on the show. I mean, there was, you know, we were there for five weeks. Everybody had your own camera crew. You had your cameraman, your assistant cameraman, and your director. So you had three guys following you around, and they're like, "Don't talk to them." And like, you know, me, I'm like, how are you guys doing? They're like, good. I'm like, hey, you're not supposed to talk to me. You know? They're not here. I'm just too friendly just to visit with them. But uh, well, so they got they got hundreds and hundreds of hours of tape. They had, uh, you know, uh, hidden cameras. They had security cameras. They, so there's there's some great stuff of me and Piper. We think we're sneaking out back hiding to do something. I'm sure they got that on camera. <laughs> Do something. It's what like sneaking out of Stalag 13, the great <laughs> escape, me and Piper up against the wall, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> running well, from one bush to the other. Yeah, and I, I, I'm hoping you'll have a few of those tales for us. But since you mentioned it, give us some idea of what the production was like, because you're right. I mean, people really don't understand that, that they're, they, you know, uh, there's these moments that they try and capture, but not every moment is that entertaining. So they have to go through hundreds and hundreds of hours of tape. And what was that like? I mean, you had cameras around you, and you said you had your own camera crew that was with you. They were the hacksaw crew. Well, they had like, uh, you know, four or five crews out for the eight guys, and uh, but they ended up sticking with me and Pipe a lot because we were always into some kind of mischief or something, you know. But uh, so, yeah, you had your own crew with you, and then they had, uh, you know, cameras in uh, in the bedrooms throughout the house, and they said they had some uh, hidden cameras. <laughs> I'm really sure they got some good stuff. But, you know, and, and, the, and they had studio lights through all the house. And at, at 7 o'clock in the morning, boom, the boom. studio lights oh. would come on, you know, and the camera crews would come in. 
the first week, me and Piper getting up after that, we get the eye goggles and the earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. We're sleeping in, you know. Yeah. This is real life. <laughs> yeah. I told him, I said, you know, 10 years earlier, that might have been a great group to have together. Yeah. Nowadays, it's 9 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Uh-huh. All, all those old timers go into bed, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, that that can get, I get, that's some getting used to. After a point, do you get used to them just being there you have, that you don't yeah, you notice really them? Do. You've heard you that really, before. Yeah, you really do get uh, really used to them. And, and after you leave it, it takes a little while to not have somebody following you around, you know. Hey, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Honey, you will know, you just follow me around with my. Follow uh, me around with a camera. Like, camera but here, yeah, nobody really stuff. gives a darn about what I'm saying. What the hell? Right? <laughs> you know, and. Uh, but it, it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. A lot of guys. I think uh, Pat and Gene said they wouldn't do it again. Yeah, me and Pipe were we were in for a second season. But I think they're talking about doing it with a, a different group of guys, like the DX guys now or something. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, one other quick uh, fun fact on Ashley that her dad was a drummer with the Mamas and the Papas. Did you know that? I did just not know that out. either, Sean. Just the little bits here. Okay, and then uh, Hillbilly Jim whose real name is James Morris, uh, wrestled in the CWA and as Harley Davidson. That was his, remember, he had a, his gimmick name was Harley Davidson before he became Hillbilly Jim, which, wow, there's a stretch. But uh, <laughs> he joined the WWF in 84 as Hillbilly Jim from Mud Lick, Kentucky. And uh, he really was from Kentucky. So, I mean, that wasn't that uh, far of a stretch for him. But, yeah, you talk about the nicest guy and, and the 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 uh, best groomed hillbilly I've ever seen in my life. Right. He looked like his overalls. He was so good. And, and gold chains. He had a lot of bling on underneath the coveralls yeah. too. And, and he smelled good. That, that, uh, you know, he, yeah, he'd always, always look good. Always in good shape. <laughs> All right. Rowdy, Roddy Piper, uh, folks, Roderick, what a pain George, in the ass. No. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Roderick, George Tombs, born no, in Saskatoon, God. Saskatchewan, Canada. How many people yeah. knew that? Legitimately played the bagpipes, and you saw him play them on the show. But I remember they did a couple of things where they had him, you know, play. And I think a lot of people thought it was a gimmick that he didn't really play. No, oh, he yeah. he started as a young kid playing bagpipes, and uh, played them on the show for one of the, the in the last episode, and yeah, really he, knew he, what he was doing. That's he what had electrical came. bagpipes. I'd never heard it. He had an electric bag. It looked like a flute, but it sounded like a bagpipe, and he could practice his bagpipe on it. He self-taught himself uh, how to play the piano. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy, he was a, he was a clever guy. He sure was. Incredibly talented. Uh, uh, then you had, you know, Tony Atlas. Uh, a little background on him, folks. Uh, I only just wrote in here, pain in the ass, because that's what you know. <laughs> but his real name's Anthony White, and he was a big bodybuilder. Uh, spent time with the WWF in the 80s and 90s, and then again was back in 2012 for uh, a run as a manager. And he says that uh, in the late 80s, Jim, and I, I think he touched on the story in the in the uh, in the show that he was homeless and almost froze to death, and was saved by a woman who he ended up marrying. I think her name is Monica, and he's he's still with her. But she yeah, apparently that's... dragged him to a hospital and and saved his life. Uh, but I don't know if that accounts for any of his behavior. So we'll, we'll be getting into that, but <laughs> that's Tony Atlas, uh, Pat Patterson, Pierre Clermont, Clermont from, uh, from Canada. Pat, you know, that was a different guy. Cause Pat was always office. I never really knew Pat very much when I was, uh, you know, working, he was an office guy. I was just doing my yeah. deal, but, uh, I got to know Pat and we got along pretty well, actually. 
Yeah. And he was, uh, you know, a lot of people just know him as being Vince's right hand man, uh, uh, one of the, uh, you know, the booker for the WWF and WWE, and uh, a guy who is responsible for many of the storylines and finishes that you've loved. Came up with a Royal Rumble. Yep. Yep. Uh, but he was a huge uh, old school wrestler. Uh, huge on the West Coast, and he wrestled, you know, that was when all the territories were out there then. Uh, and he actually wrestled for the, uh, the WWWF and WWF, uh, from, you know, from uh, the 79 to 84. And then he began doing commentary with Vince uh, with that strong, you know, uh, French-Canadian accent. Uh, there's been many, many stories about how the Vince used to love uh you know, torturing him on the air by making him say things that he couldn't pronounce very well in English. Uh, but, um, you know, f- uh, French, French Canadian is his first language, you know, French. And um, he uh, emerged as one of the greatest bookers ever in, in wrestling, but uh, began his days in the ring. And so that's why he was, you know, uh, probably so good at his job. And then, of course, there's Mean Gene, who I worked with uh, very closely for many years. Uh, joined the WWF in 1984, was there till 93. And then remember he went to the WCW and, uh, worked there till 2001. I didn't, you know, do, going back and looking at this, I didn't realize he was gone for so long, but he was there for, uh, you know, seven or eight years that, uh, he was gone. Um, but then he's, you know, been back and he's got a lifetime contract. So, uh, Gene's not going anywhere. He'll, until, uh, he's no longer picking up a microphone, he's going to be a member of the WWE universe. Uh, Howard Finkel was the another one of the housemates, uh, uh, the Fink. Everybody knows him for uh, the many, many years he spent announcing in the ring. But he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes, folks. And I knew Howard very well. Uh, he ran the event center. He would uh, he kept track of all the the interviews and where they went uh, in all the shows, and um, you know was, was played a big part of that. He hasn't been in the ring for a long time, but. He was, uh, they say, the first tenured um, employee. He started working for Vince Sr. back in 1975, Jim. And um, now he works uh, mostly with the WWE online with the the website. And then the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Ray Hart. Did you know his name was Jimmy Ray Hart? Known as the Mouth of the South, among the greatest managers in WWE history. Also a very gifted musician in this program, uh, he writes a song that they, uh, you guys actually perform at the um, the end of the series. But he's also responsible for a lot of uh, theme songs, Jim. And I don't know, did he have anything to do with yours that uh, they finally put together for you? And I don't know if the, the rap song sure. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, had a, uh, he played a role in a lot of them. He did a great job on a lot of stuff. And like you said, he was back, uh, I forget what the, the Gentry's maybe? Was that the yeah, name of his yep, band? Yeah, the, the Gentry's yeah. back in the yeah. day. I tell you, no matter what kind of uh, office guy I was, I would want Jimmy Hart working for me. You know, Jimmy's not happy unless his beeper's going off, his cell phone's on, he's going 100 miles an hour all the time. Uh, you know, you got to yeah. – and Jimmy's not a kid neither. He's up there. He's older than me. Well, that's yeah, saying and, a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's why, uh, you know, the, the miracle of, uh, of what these hair products can do for you yeah. to keep you looking that way. That's my but joke. I love People the say, I, I joke. I said that that just for men comes with a brush. I use a roller. I paint everything. <laughs> Chest yeah. hair, ear hair. I, I use one of those. Yeah, the ones they use to spray houses. That's <laughs> that's enough, Mooney. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get to episode one. Okay.
Yep. Uh, we'll go through these, but what I'm, I'll explain what happened. But I want to hear, Jim, if I want to bring you back to these episodes, I want to hear the real stories. I want to know what went on uh, from what you remember of these back, uh, the real behind the scenes scoop. Now, this first episode starts and it just starts out in a bizarre way right away because Ashley appears and then you have Gary Busey who comes on, <laughs> who seems to show up in the most bizarre places. Did you know who Gary Busey was? Yeah, I I didn't have a clue he was so far off base as he was, though. I mean, the guy was a deep left field, that's for sure. But I knew who he was from his movies, but uh, to sit there and have lunch with him was uh, an eye-opener, that's for sure. He's like, uh, do you guys have anger problems? <laughs> and, and that's where me and Tony that started off having a little beef right off the bat. I mean, you know, I had a different opinion of Tony, and uh, and Tony took it personal, you know. And then right off the bat, it started to build, and that was the, the first episode. Were you were you like what when you when his reaction? Because I remember you made a comment. He was talking about helping children. He said, "Yeah, but my priority has always been my kids, and then you know, helping others." Okay, but and he really said like took it that you were you know uh putting it down and i said yeah my deal is my family first and he's like you know tony like i said if you had trouble he had trouble with everybody in the house at one time or another he had trouble with the whole house i i joke i went by the bathroom one time he was in there arguing with a mirror (laughs) he tony's not happy unless he was arguing with somebody and we really came close a couple times to actually having a a fist fight i mean that one time at the uh, chippendale night that was uh, really close to going at it and it wouldn't have been good for either one of us at, at this stage of the game but uh we had both had it with each other yeah and and i i don't know if that was really the first week when you guys started living together did all of these things appear i mean that they of course they had the episodes but the way they laid them out uh yeah pretty much is this the way it happened it was timely like it was pretty much you know that's the way it went but uh one of the funnier things though sean you know because at legend house anything you want you could have you know so for breakfast you know uh pat had to have some uh bagels and uh salmon you know piper had to have uh this certain kind of eggs tony had to have a steak i said all i want is my cereal i said i just have a little bowl of cereal in the morning so the girl, it was honey bunches of oats, you know, and they'd go get honey. I'd take the box of honey bunches of oats and hide it. The next morning, I'd go, everybody's got what they want, but I don't have my honey bunches of oats. All I want is my damn cereal. Next day, there'd be two boxes of cereal in there. I'd take the two of them out and hide them. Jeez, everybody gets what they want. All I want is my darn cereal. Pretty soon, I had cereal hidden all over that house. It was <laughs> and the poor girl is having to get. She goes, "I keep getting it for you, Axel. I don't know what's happening. What's he? Like, what's he doing? Hey, with guys, it? here. I'm number nine. What the hell's going on? <laughs> all I want's a little cereal. That's it. Nothing special. We had honey bunches of oats stashed all over in the bathroom in the shower. There was boxes of honey bunches of oats. So at what point? Because I have written down here because I'm like in episode two that. It, it, I said they, they should have called it Cranky House. I mean, it was like a point where everybody was just, it, it was, you know, cranky. They were just not happy to be there. They were snappy. And I'm like thinking, if this goes this way, it's not going to be a very successful series here. <laughs> but it, was that initially, was it, was there that ma- that massive well, I think the first, the, the first day or two was kind of the authority. Everybody together, everybody excited, something new. 
And then right off the bat, you're like, hey, wait, I got a roommate and I got all these other people around me. And, you know, most of us are pretty private people. And so at first it was great. And then right for a little while, everybody did get on each other's nerves because, you know, you you take eight guys and stick them together in one house, even though it's a big, beautiful house. It's still one house. Yeah. But and the, and you say that you're pretty much they didn't want you leaving for any reason. But no, uh, were there occasions where you were able to <laughs> slip away? Well, Piper, that one night I'm I'm in the kitchen. You know, everybody else is in bed, and, and I can see this guy running around the house, a director. He's in like in a panic. He's running from one room to the other. Finally, he runs into the kitchen. He looks at me. He he goes. Piper's in the desert. <laughs> Piper's off the grid. Yeah. Like, hey, Piper went over the wall. We're in a compound. Piper went over the wall. And I'm like, don't over worry. I'm like, don't worry, young guy. I said, he'll be back. He just needs to get a little space. And the kid looks at me, goes, not on my watch. <laughs> so then from now on, the rest of four weeks, the kid was called my watch. Hey, my watch. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Anything happen on your watch? Never. <laughs> no, and then Piper showed back up. I mean, and, you know, and, and the, that first week things were kind of quiet. So I wanted to spice things up. So I waited to everybody goes to bed and they didn't put this on the air, Sean. This is a good one. I, everybody goes to bed. So I'm going to go and I'm going to put all the pool furniture in the pool for a big whodunit the next morning, you know. Right. So I sneak out and I can't just throw the pool furniture in because it'll splash and wake people up. So I'm setting the pool furniture in piece by piece. Pretty soon I see a flashlight coming. Here comes a night watchman. Oh, <laughs> I'm hiding behind a palm tree. He doesn't see me. I get all the pool furniture in the pool. I go to bed. I wake up the next morning and I go in the kitchen and Pat and Gene are in there. Pat's really hot. He's like, Vince is really ticked off. He's going to pull the plug on the whole project. Somebody threw all the pool furniture in the pool, ruled everything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Jeez. Uh, Piper uh, Piper wasn't in his bed last night. <laughs> oh, that Piper, that son of a bitch. <laughs> Where Piper comes in and everybody jumps on his butt. He's like, what, what? That was Duggan. <laughs> what? That's what you were there for, for things like and that they, to happen. What, yeah, what, and, and they're going to pull the plug? And, and they didn't even know. It to, nobody knew to the very end. We did the wrap-up show in Orlando like months after it was all over. And they're like, okay, now it's all over. Who actually threw the pool furniture in the pool? <laughs> so I got away with it the whole time. Everybody thought it was Piper. <laughs> that was a great thing about rooming with Piper. You could get away with anything. You blame it on Pipe. Yeah, right. No <laughs> matter what happened. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so they had you do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I think in episode two, you guys played, they first, they told you you're going to go play polo and you got, you guys actually thought you were going to get on horses. Uh, well, no, are you kidding? There's no way they're going to put me Gene on a horse. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they tried to say, Oh, Howard you're Finkel, do what do you mean? The horse would have like, what? I'm out of here. <laughs> Cause Tony really, you know, Tony was biting on everything. I can't ride a horse. I ain't going to ride a horse. What the hell? Hey, horse. I'm like, they're not going to make us ride a horse. Are you kidding? Gene fall off. The whole show would be dead, you know. And he would be dead, too, probably. Yes, exactly. But uh, it, it was fun. We ended up playing polo. And uh, we went to the, the polo grounds. It was great. You know, we had the lunch. You know, and of course, everything was off the hook. It was WWE. I mean, all the crab cakes and all that kind of stuff for lunch and champagne on the polo grounds. And yeah. then they're like, and you're going to play polo and golf carts, you know. And of course, you know, you take that group of eight guys, that's a pretty competitive group of guys. And I just like to say we won. Oh, 
So that was a shoot. You guys really, it wasn't, uh, okay, this is the team that's going to go shovel oh, no, boot. That, it was, that whole show, it was pretty much 99% a shoot, brother. That was, uh, that was the way it, they just let it roll. They put us in situations and just let it see what happened. And, uh, yeah, because I because uh, we were ramming each other's carts and stuff. I mean, it got pretty vicious. And there at the end was a shoot off uh, between me. I think it was Hillbilly was for the other team, and Hillbilly right. choked. Sorry, big guy, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we won that one. All right, and then they well, we they had yeah, well, they, that was we were able to have enjoy our champagne and crab cakes, and those guys had to go clean the. Uh, Horses stables. <laughs> that was what we were playing for. So yeah, we were playing hard, Mooney. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay, I'm just asking. I am yeah, uh, yeah. just trying to find out, like well, everybody else, what went horse. down. Yeah. So, so want to clean horses stables. Uh, did they? Were they in there for a long time, or did they go? Okay, we got the shots, guys. Let's move. Uh, uh, yeah, they were in there for a little while, but yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody was working real hard. That's yeah, I can't imagine. sure. Okay, so. Uh, I love uh, the only reason this stood out to me because you guys went bowling with these against this other oh, team. Who won that bowling game too, brother? Ho! Oh! I'm yeah. noticing a pattern, Mooney. Uh, yeah, well, uh, they beat you guys. The uh, well, the, yes, but I was the uh, as Gene as Gene put it, the old stoves. He called. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't calling that while we were playing. It was oh, like I know. Hey, uh, hey, first baby. time in Palm Springs, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, is that but, Mace? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, but that was, that was the way, uh, you know, if you've ever been around Gene, you, you never know how much of this. Oh, yeah, you know, he hits on your wife, he hits on everybody. He you know? so, he's so funny. But the lines that come out of his mouth. But when he said, <laughs> yeah, let's go bowling with the old stoves. And it's <laughs> so classic Gene. Yeah. Forget the bowling. But it was just the the, the looks of him and, uh, you know, and a uh, and Pat like could have cared less if he was there, you know, yeah. just, well, you know what, in the beginning of that also, they had, you know, at that beautiful mansion, they had a great bar and the, the first week or week and a half, they had, you know, great goose. The second week they had kettle one at the end. It was like, you know, no name vodka for the guys. <laughs> Bob's we vodka. the good stuff. Yeah. Bob's vodka. <laughs> it's smooth. Yeah. If you don't drink it, put it in your car. <laughs> I test. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was really. I have to say, it wasn't that entertaining, but just the 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 looks the old and stoves you liked. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was great. It was but then perfect. they had you make a commercial. You remember, you guys were going to put together. Oh, that was flock great! Of flock and... of flamingos, flock of flamingos, flock. And o Okerlund, to this day, I saw him at WrestleMania in April. He's like, you know, that you guys didn't really win that. They just, I'm like, yeah, we had the most. Uh, entertaining uh, commercial. Well, that's you're, that's what the guy said. You had those guys that were like uh, masters of bad commercials, but the <laughs> car wash was was pretty funny too. Because and, and this is another thing that I don't know if people caught, but you know, there's the 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 scene in it where where Pat's in uh, you know <laughs> right where all the jets get turned on. Yeah, and and he supposedly blames Jimmy for Jimmy Hart for right. turning the button. And then they talk to the guy who's like the manager of the place, and they have my camera. And I can't. They include us. He said, "Well, you told me to put to put the button on." So Pat totally <laughs> created that. But then they let they gave let it away. The cat out of the bag, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a big. I'm out. Oh, that's it. I'm out of here. Oh, Jimmy, you know, and and throws the shirt. And then the guy goes, "You told me to push." Oh, the button. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, they. Uh, uh, 
the, the you commercials know, and that's, were, I tell you, that's when, so bad they were good. Uh, Tony, it was had trouble with Piper. I'm surprised they didn't show that. I mean, we went through, we edited our own commercial and everything, and Tony got up and stormed out of the room, and you know, uh, Piper's like, I got kids at home, I don't need to put up with this shit here. <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, you know, uh, I'm surprised that you know, Tony had trouble with everybody, but with that, he he was wanted to uh, do it his way for that uh, flock of flamingos commercial, and you know, Pipe wanted to do it his way, and I'm like, well, Pipe's the guy that does movies. Let him go ahead and call the shots. Yeah, and well, we I won. Thought, I, oh, and I thought Jeans would be better. I thought Jeans would be better because you know, he had an advertising agency or something. Your uh, broadcast buddy there. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, mate. Well, and obviously, I know my, you got your favorites. Yeah, my, my expertise, uh, you know, and we got to stick together as broadcast colleagues. Well, so I'm let, now your broadcast partner. Yeah, so you got to uh, you got to have each other's back, just like in the ring. Okay, check. So <clears throat> there you go. So the the uh, the big payoff to this is that you guys are going to go to Vegas, right? <laughs> in the yep. in the famed limo ride, you guys got the limo, and they got stuck in the big van. In the van, yeah, yeah. we got the limo ride, and of course. Right off the bat, if you know, if you're riding a limo, the only good seat in a limousine is the back right hand side. Because if you sit on the back left hand side, you got that bench in front of you. And if you're on the bench, that's not a very good seat. So the only really good seat in a limo is that back right hand, and that's the king seat. By the door. Know? Right by the door. And, you know, and that should be Piper's seat, you know, pecking orders, pecking order. Uh-huh. And we're all getting ready to get in. Who? Old Howard jumps right in the seat, doesn't move, makes pipe climb. Yeah, over. and he's like, it was the first one, one of the first in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Piper took heat to that. You know, you know, different things set different guys off, and he thought that was disrespectful. You know, and well, and then you know, then we got pulled over on the way to Vegas, and uh, you know, uh, they tried to get Howard to talk to the cop, and he was like, "Hello, officer." Thank you. Yeah, and that, we got actually got a question from uh, James Schwartz about that. He said, what's the king's chair in a limousine? Is that a wrestling thing? I never heard of it in any other limo context. So is it, uh, I mean, uh, as far as, I don't know if you had experienced this with the, the king's chair in other uh, situations, but is, is was it a wrestling thing or is it just everybody knows that king's chair? I don't know. I'd never sit there. <laughs> yeah, somebody else was Hogan or so Piper. Why or somebody this- sitting there? Uh, but no, that's because that's the the one seat with the room. Because you got the whole aisleway in front of you. On the left hand side, you got the bench run, running up the length of the limo. And then if you're sitting in that seat, your feet are way up against you. So yeah, yeah there's really so, one good seat in the limo. Okay, that's so why I'll, they're I'll, making the move to those big Escalades and stuff. Yeah. Which are much more comfortable. They have more headroom, yeah. right? But right. the I, what I, I wanted to find out though is, that, and they didn't clear that up in the in the show. Is why did they get pulled over? Or why did you get th- pulled over? Um, I think it was something to do with his license tags or something. You know, oh, it, so it, wasn't, only, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, sticking oh, the flamingo out the window or anything like that. Yeah, that was pretty harmless, right? That oh. you should have seen what else we stuck out the window. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted to stick Atlas out the window. <laughs> oh, the flamingo was a light stuff out the window, brother. Yeah. Well, uh, it seemed that uh, Atlas had a bit of a gas problem for that. Oh, uh, my God. Because, you know, we were all stopped. We're, we're 20 miles outside of Vegas. We've been on the road for a while. It's, we all make a, a piss stop. Hey, everybody out of the – you know, Tony's like, no, I don't have to go. I, I want to stay in the limo. And so we all get out, take a break, come back in, get in the limo. You don't go two miles down the road. 
and it's the worst gas I've ever smelled past. It was, it was horrible. I mean, the eyes were watering. It was brutal. And Tony was just, you know, he was too lazy to get up and go to the bathroom. And we really think he did. That just wasn't gas. There might have been something solid in those oh, pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you probably really did want to toss him out of there. No, I wasn't alone on that one. Well, that, that probably got you in the mood for what happened uh, shortly after that. But um, there was that stuck with Roddy about what uh, Howard did and the fact that he didn't say anything to the cop to say, you know, hey, uh, I, don't, I mean, what, what would you do? in a situ- Tell me, what would you do in a situation like that? Now, let's say you had the king's chair. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't know who would have stirred Piper up in the first place to keep him yeah. uh, keep him focused on that. <laughs> Maybe his roommate. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what you say to a cop. You know, I roll the window down like step out of the car, feet back and spread them, buddy. <laughs> keep your hands <laughs> where we can beer, see them. Keep your hands here. <laughs> Turn off the car, throw your keys out the window. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but would you say, uh, hey, officer, how you doing? Uh, you officer, know, like, we're, Roddy, yeah. guy, we're like make to, a joke. And then maybe he might recognize you and say, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you want to joke with a police officer. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't understand the cop, too. He's walking up to a limo with dark windows, and the, the guy in the back seat rolls down the window. <laughs> you know, lucky he didn't get tased. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to know the uh, the rest of protocol for limo oh. stops. Uh, so yeah. I, I, That's a, Put your hands out. Did that ever work for you, Jim? Did, I, I know the one oh. time it didn't. But jeez, oh, Moody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but really, did that ever that uh, were there occasions a couple where times. You, over the yeah. years? Yeah, over the years, a few times, you know, the cop will say, hey, you know, I give you a break. But you go on your way. But, you know, like I joke, usually be driving through a town with a rented lake and I'd be driving. I'd have Jake sitting next to me, King Kong Bundy and a hot midget in the back seat. Sure. You know, the cop just pull us over to see what the hell's going on anyway. Yeah, but I always wondered that, that uh, there's a lot of uh, police officers out there who are huge wrestling fans. I, I, I would think it would happen more often. Occasionally, yeah, but also, you know, people sometimes go out of their way to show you, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know, so you take, a, you take a risk. There's a risk. There. Yeah, they, they, they go either way. You know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed watching you, you know, slow it down a little bit. Or the other guys, you know, I don't care. You wrestlers think you're big shots, you know, out of the car. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, you know, of course my pop was a cop, so I'm yes, sir, officer, no, sir, officer. Yeah. Well, uh, this ride kind of set up what would happen later because, uh, you guys go to Vegas and you're going to appear in the Chippendales show. Uh, before we get to that though, I, one part I really loved about this was the manscaping and especially Piper getting waxed. It was like right <laughs> out of that movie, 40 year old virgin. <laughs> Like, oh, God, it was brutal, man. I mean, you know, and uh, we went in there, and the pipes getting waxed, and they're like, Duggan, go in there and give them some moral support. You know, so I've been there, and uh, I'm like, oh, this was going to hurt bad pipes. Yeah, you offered zero. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> this was really going to hurt bad, I don't mean. And then with, I, I said, well, let me pull one of the strips off. And the lady says, okay, go ahead and pull it real fast. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, well, I didn't think he was. A, he's not a hairy guy. He's not well, like. It doesn't. You don't have to be hairy to have that stuff hurt. I mean, you know, and they do. They do the inside of your legs. I mean, the most tender Jeez. spots you can think yeah. of. I think oh. 
Yeah. I think they were just torturing Piper anyway, you know. He was in there longer than anybody else. Did you have it done? Because they didn't have you. Oh, they they did my ears and my nose, and they got more hair out of there than they did off anybody else. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's enough. We we run out of wax strips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they turn your head over, and they pour as like a bucket. They pour in your ear this hot wax. I mean, yeah. ugh. You know, that was enough but it you. was kind of neat. You know, we went and got facials, manicures, pedicures, um, spray tans. I mean, we got manscaped, as they said. Yeah. All right. Course, so let's, I, let's. I tell folks, I'm like, yeah, I worked with Chippendales. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was uh, a big deal. Yeah. I dance. <laughs> one night, one night only. That's all they. Uh, I don't. I don't go into. Yeah. You know, tell them the whole thing, Mooney. Yeah. Did you get? Uh, yeah, you get a different card, so you'd have those uh, pictures on the deck of cards. Maybe they could have. <laughs> But, but let's get imagine let's get to girls. Imagine a bunch of women coming to see a bunch of hot Chippendales and they don't trust us. Come out like ah! I want my money back. <laughs> you know that well. that was. I, I have to admit, I was thinking that, but I kept thinking they must have marched those guys out a lot just to say no, girls, no, we got the guys here because seeing <laughs> Howard Finkel. <laughs> oh, that's the whole group of us, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, some yeah. of you know. No, you're you're. you're you're in pretty good, damn good shape. Uh, Hillbilly try to be making up to me now, shape. Sean. But and even like Jimmy Hart, who what he ate beans and rice the whole time he was there, wasn't <laughs> he was there horrible shape. But yeah, the rest of them okay. Uh, Roddy was in pretty good shape, you know. So yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. Plus, I, I, I'm like the bet there were there were women in that crowd who knew who you guys were and probably loved it. So oh yeah, towards the end of the, by the time of the end of the show, they were drunk as can be anyway. They were having fun. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that Bob's vodka. Heck, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And that's a deal. We were drinking pretty good, too, because, you know, at first you're out there, you know, dancing with Chippendale dancers. Everybody's a little, you know, a little different than being in the ring. But so we did two or three skits on stage, and they said, okay, the last deal is we want you to go out into the crowd and do the risky business skit, you know, with the sunglasses, the pink uh, shirt, the, yeah, the tidy yeah. whities and stuff. So, boom, they play the music, and they said, okay, well, we want you to come up on stage. We'll start playing the saxophone. That's your cue to come up on stage and do this other little skit. So I'm like, great, fine. So we go out. Now the women are into it. So we're dancing away, and they're throwing money at us, you know, 50 cents a quarter here. <laughs> but finally, you know, I'm in the back of my mind, I can hear, dog in. Dog in. And I'm dancing away. Finally, I turn around. Piper's up on stage. They had played, been playing the sax for about five minutes, trying to get me to come up on stage. I, I was oblivious to everything. I'm dancing away. They're like, get up on stage. I got up on stage. I shut the curtain. Thanks very much. Well, yeah, but you're a performer, and you want you had you wanted to deliver. They you gave them what they wanted, right? Well, so I was having fun. I, uh, uh, well, before that, you weren't having a lot of fun, and and I wanted well, to talk was about a, actually after that. Yeah, it was oh, towards, was it where you were at? It was okay, so you were at the night. Yeah, you were at one of the tables that had, you know, uh, bottles of water and I, I don't know snacks or something. What happened? Because it, well, I was, I was standing really there talking see. to uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, you know, and Tony and I had, had already been having uh, trouble. You know, it was there's a lot of tension there, and uh, he came up and he banged into me, man. You know, and there was room all around me, and I'm like, hey, brother, you got enough room there? And he's like, what? And boom, it started, and. Uh, he says, that's going to happen. I said, well, no time like the present, brother. And neither one of us made a move. And finally, we got the, they got us separated a little bit. And uh, 
I really got cooking, you know, and got the uh, big muscles don't mean shit to me, you know, and yeah, all that. Yeah, no, that interview was, uh, I wanted to ask you, how much was that uh, shoot? <laughs> that, was, that was there. That was Hacksaw. <laughs> and he gets Knocked me a bottle control. of water. Uh, probably no, scared no. the crap out of the crew. Like, <laughs> he's going to go. He's going to yeah. go. <laughs> I, you know, I, that, he, that's part of me. I mean, he's in here with me. And, you know, Tony, uh, you know, he's an impressive bodybuilder, but he doesn't scare me. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, it would have been bad for either of us, uh, you know, to get in a fight at that but stage. really, it could have gone down there. I mean, really, it could have. Oh, it, yeah, shit, it could have happened. And uh, I, th- I think the boys would have let it go. And I think that's what Pipe told the, the producers. Uh, they were like, you know, you want to stoke this a little bit. It's, it's good TV. And Pipe's like, well, this but yeah. if it goes down, I'm not going to jump in the middle of it right away. And it's not going to be pretty. No, for, for nobody. I mean, nobody's going to walk away from that clean. So thank yeah. goodness that, you know, and I saw Tony again. I saw Tony at WrestleMania and bygones be bygones. I mean, Tony, and I get along well enough. We just can't live together. Yeah. Again, as as don't eat his ch- chitlins cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, was that as disgusting as it uh, looked on TV and smelled? Uh, pretty much worse. Because he's like cleaning the poop out of the intestines. Like who the? I mean, I, I I'm sure people that like that stuff. But uh, yeah. I, here he was trying to make kind of a peace offering to you guys, and that's what he goes out. He gets yeah. pig's feet, intestines, and uh, you know, for oh, just off. But was, he told everybody it was bull dick or something. I get bull dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't oh. know. I uh, like Only they said a different it. guy. That's for sure, man. Yeah. Well. Uh, as oh. this, what you had another story? Oh, I got it. The, the best one of all the, uh, the new roommate game, Sean. Remember oh, that? well, yeah, well that was, uh, where was that? Uh, we're going to get to that. Oh, I, I ju- imagine me jumping ahead or getting off track. Well, Leave so it you alone. Guys LARPing, you guys did LARPing, which is live action role-playing, uh, That's where, funny. you know, folks where you go out and you dress up as these medieval knights. And, uh, that was episode was- six. Okay, well, so I, that I got a was a story for that one too, Sean. Yeah, well, I I thought the best part of it was you guys fitting for costumes. I thought that was the funniest part of the whole show. You were a riot. I had the rabbit ears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I kept those rabbit ears in the fight. Yeah, I kept them all, all doing the deal. And of course, they walked us out into the middle of the desert to do this damn LARPing thing. You know, yeah. of course, Mean Gene is griping the whole way. We don't have golf carts. You can't drive us out here. <laughs> so we get out into Cranky the middle house. of the, de- the desert. You know, obviously it's set up. They got the, the, the lights and cameras set up. And all of a sudden on cue, 40 or 50 guys come up over the hill and women all dressed up like Braveheart, you know. And they're all, hey, 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 hey. it was really kind of intimidating, you know. So they get on cue, they all come charging down the hill. So I figure about 80% of them are going to go for Piper. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you're on your own, Pipe. I'll see you later, brother. <laughs> Hey, he was a little stiff. If you look at some of that, I don't know. I'd love to see some of the other videos. Oh, man. He was, and of course, Mean Gene was a wizard, and if he died, he he could bring you back. And I think I was the only guy that let the the guys kill me. You know, the rest, <laughs> the rest were fighting. You know, and they killed me. And, uh, and I'm laying there on the on the ground, you know, and waiting for Gene to come save me. Finally, he come save me. So we get done with the whole shoot, 
Yeah. And we have to do one scene where they cut the the, uh, the girl free. We have Absolutely. to do it two or three times, and they have all the guys that we've killed laying where they have to lay while the helicopter comes over. So, But the third time the helicopter comes over, this one guy goes, holy smokes, look at the size of that scorpion. It's <laughs> <laughs> huge yellow scorpions crawling. I'm like, you know, somebody couldn't told me that before I'm laying out there on the ground. But he's Waiting going. for the wizard to come by. That, that was my first uh, LARPing. And the last, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. It, it was fun. I, I could see where people like that uh, medieval times uh, fairs and stuff like that. It's like a Comic-Con in, in its own way. I know, but have you been to one of those festivals? Uh, like yeah, years ago. But uh, it's, like, it, and I, I'm going to offend a lot of people. I shouldn't even say anything. But uh, it was not the greatest uh, part of our history I don't, uh, as far as, um, you know, Hygiene and I was uh, going to say you were just looking for the indoor <laughs> toilet. Oh, I want to read the paper. Uh, damn it! Where's the air conditioned tent? Where's it? You know, and they have like the big, the big turkey. Uh, uh, somebody take a shower, please. Yeah, <laughs> people wearing belly shirts. They should not uh, stop. Don't please. Uh, but that's that's you know. Well, now you insulted like everybody you can think of, Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be getting some mail this week. You have no idea what LARPing is like, you (laughs) cretin. Yes, I'm sure. But, but, yeah, you look like you had fun. But I'm telling you, it looked like like Roddy took some swipes that I think those kids had some good size. He was swinging for the fences, (laughs) man. I mean, he was... I mean, of course, they were all charging him. I mean, he was exactly like, we're like in a circle, and they're all around him. I, I was over having a Diet Coke watching him for a while. <laughs> Stick by me. Hey, look out, like pipe. Here down. comes another one. Look out. <laughs> Watch your left. Left. Right. <laughs> well, well, you guys certainly made – you had fun wherever you went. And I'll tell you, Roddy was your best audience. He, oh, he man, was, we, we enjoyed each yeah. other. I mean – yeah, and that made that five weeks go by. And I tell you, uh, it, it was, uh, like I said, we became friends. I think they were expecting a drama. They got more comedy out of that show than they thought. Yeah, I can't remember. What episode was it that he left? I mean, he had to go. He had a previous commitment that he had to make. And I don't even know how long he was gone. But you really missed him. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? You're sitting there talking to Gene and. Pat and uh, Howard and Tony come in. Rah, 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 rah. I'm like, where's my pipe? Phone and ring. You're always like, yeah. in one. Is it for me? Like, Wrong number. Ugh. Damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you getting emotional now? You thinking back? It's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was. It was really. I just. I enjoyed you guys together i just thought oh, it seemed when you're man. trying to figure he's trying to figure out how to work the the uh oh, the blender. <laughs> <laughs> that was my wife loves that she's like that's so you guys the two of us are trying to figure out this blender. That well was, and, and, and to his credit that i've never seen a blender that you touched that you touched oh, the top of the damn thing and made that made it go on, i said so. just shake it really hard <laughs> one of the things is that you noticed very uh much so uh, that you guys are very challenged in this house as far as working things that were, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because you're used to what you have at your house, but. Well, yeah, we're technically challenged pretty much with that. Plus it was in the morning too, Sean. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's before the drugs. If, you, if you couldn't tell by the attire and our, our morning hair and everything, you know, funny, some big guys get up and they check the mirror and make sure they look okay before they come out of the room. Me and Pipe would just crawl out of the room. Like you, what you see is what you get. Ah! <laughs> Old pair of Zubas. 
couple <laughs> t-shirts. <laughs> uh, Pipe had quite a, quite the wardrobe, but um, yeah, but it, it was very clear that you guys did bond. And uh, one place where it was really clear was when they did the, uh, as I kind of bounce around here, the game show, I think it was episode seven, where they put all you guys in the room and you with your roommate and they had some comedian I guess that's what he was. <laughs> it wasn't very funny. That was a shot there, Mooney. I no, that you. guy, the host of the show. Did you yeah, I guess he was a comedian. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> He's well, an out-of-work comedian out. now. <laughs> Thanks to you. No, but uh, yeah, maybe they took out his best stuff. They had to keep things moving, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Took, didn't take long. But you guys didn't exactly follow the rules. You want to pick it up oh, from there. We, uh, the uh, game show was to, it was kind of like the old, uh, what was that? The newlywed game. The newlywed game. That, that they pretty right. much, because we were off somewhere doing something and they uh, they kept us out for lunch for long because we knew something was going on at the house. Yeah. And so when we came back to the house, of course, they had it all set up like a, a game show set, you know, and it was the, the new roommate game. And it's, how did you get to know each other's uh, roommate? How well you got to know each other? So me and pipe right off the bat we're cheating like the girl you know they're like what's piper's favorite food i'm like a oh, pot roast you know? <laughs> like how does he know that there's no way he you know piper's like it's pot roast pot roast <laughs> and, you know, yeah but Jimmy, they had you mic'd and they actually went back and they hear you can hear you saying it like oh. <laughs> like people in the back, you didn't think they might hear you. You were Mike forever. And Jimmy Hart, you know, he was, everybody's pretty competitive, but Jimmy more than the rest. You're like, they're cheating over there. I know they're cheating. They're cheating. Yeah. Anyway, so now it, it's down to the, the last two groups. It's uh, Jimmy and Hillbilly against me and Pipe. And so they have the last question. So uh, me and I think it was Hillbilly went out of the room and they asked Piper. They said, okay, no one dug in as well as you know him. What would be the most important thing in life for him? That he couldn't live without. That he couldn't live without, right. <laughs> so Piper takes a pen. He's got a pen. He writes on his hand, wife, IFE, <laughs> right? So I come back in, and, I, I, of course, everybody knows how my eyes are. My <laughs> eyes cross forever. I, I mean, I can't see at all. So now I'm sitting down, and Piper's holding his hand out. Now he's moving it closer and farther away because he don't know if I'm nearsighted or farsighted. You know? So he's moving his hand back and forth, and they're asking a question. It's getting closer. I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to panic. And finally I look at it. I go, ah, I got it, Pipe. I give him the thumbs up. I got it. I got it, Pipe. So they get to me, and they're like, Duggan, what would Pipe say that the one thing in life that you can't live without? And I said, well, no one piped the way I do. I think the thing he'd say would be life itself. <laughs> life. Life. Piper jumps up and goes, life. It says wife, you black bastard. You four, he, like he called you a four-eyed something. Oh, he went off on me, man. He was you bitch. That's wife. And I tell you, Sean, everybody, the catering people, the director, the cash, the crew, everybody lost. It, it was because you couldn't write that stuff. No. At least WWE couldn't write that stuff. And, and, and Piper <laughs> knew it was too good to, to keep. And, no, and, yeah, he, and he, he popped on it right away. Yeah. <laughs> Life, it says what? <laughs> so funny. So obviously, was... obviously, we lost, and Jimmy and Hillbilly, uh, they won. And you know what they won? Yeah, it was Ten like tennis <laughs> lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so they have what? these two uh, women come over to give them tennis lessons, and me and Piper sitting up there. I'm having a cocktail. Pipe sitting in the in the shade, and Hillbilly and Jimmy are down there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, uh, Gene was out there. I didn't know he was such a tennis fan. Oh, geez, I wonder why Gene was out there. <laughs> Like, no, they weren't men instructors. They were women. Yeah, like have like a leering, leering Gene Oakman as you're yeah. trying to uh, give instruction. You got the leering. He was trying to give him instructions, but it was nothing to do with tennis. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Shawn Michaels shows up on this episode. Oh, uh, no. I don't know your how you well you know him. He was he was around a lot of the time that you uh, were there. Uh, early on, right? Uh, well, how? I knew Sean from uh, the Mid-South days. He came in the Mid-South as a young guy. Uh, him and uh, Marty as the Rockers down there. And they had a, a, a great run. They Again, another uh, couple of guys that came out of Mid-South that uh, will be in the Hall of Fame or yeah. are in the Hall of Fame, obviously, Sean. Yeah, and he, uh, he comes by and takes you guys fishing, which <laughs> I bet just to get out of there must have been great to go somewhere that uh, – Oh yeah! So when they took us to this, I mean, I still got the fishing vest, everything fancy, Dan as can be, and they take us to this special lake that you go fishing on, and you can't put anything in the lake. You can't throw nothing. You can't pee in the lake. They have what? What's uh, that about? (laughs) I mean, we're all drinking. Like I got. Oh, they got a hat. They have a floating outhouse out in the middle of this. I guess it was a reservoir or something, you know, and. It's a big fishing deal, so you had to go out to the floating outhouse, and it was like walking on a barge. Yeah, it must have been interesting trying to take a leak. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way you'd phrase it there, Sean. I was uh, trying to relieve myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Provide but relief. No, like everything's you. way, every time a boat goes by, it'd rock a little bit, you know, and if you had a little bit of a hangover, it'd be twice as bad, oh, I heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've heard of that before. Yes, but but, but uh, you know, Sean uh, is quite quite the outdoorsman. Uh, well, he's got his own, uh, own outdoor show. Yeah, he sure does. He, he's quite quite the hunter and fisherman. And I'm not sure who caught the most fish on that trip. Um, Duggan, ho! <laughs> yeah, you guys after a slow start, you actually and then you had a big uh, meal that night. But uh, one thing I did get out of that show is that I I could see like Michaels is saying ah. Thank God I am not staying in this house and I only have to hang out with these guys. <laughs> See you later. Got. Hey, it was a great meal. Boom. That's exactly what the eight guys were saying when he left. Thank God Sean's <laughs> not at this house. I don't think his ego fit in. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he's Different much, guy nowadays. Yeah. What uh, we'd all experienced prior to that. Uh, but then, you know, this, this, uh, well, the only other episode we really didn't talk about, I don't know how much you wanted to mention was the, you know, you guys did the artwork and you, uh, painted, oh. but you did get, you know, you raised some money for charity and that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, you guys are not going to be called again though. I don't think anytime soon to, well, the, uh, uh, the one, I think, uh, where we, we, everybody put their hands in paint. Yeah. That, that was, was cool. I think that was my idea again, Mooney. I tell you, it should have been the, uh, hacksaw show, but anyway, <laughs> they put the hands in the paint and just put the hand and then autograph. I think that actually went to, uh, one of the collectors, you know, wrestling collector. Cause you got the legend house and the guy's hands prints and everything. So that was kind of cool. And then of course, Tony, Tony's a pretty decent artist. You know, he can draw, you know, stuff and yeah. He had a clown, uh, I think, uh, picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then this, the, yeah, and, and after <laughs> that, and it was great. It was, uh, it was. But uh, then it, it things started to get. It, it seemed like you guys, after it started, it was really. I, I said it should have been the, uh, you know, cranky house. You guys sure. did start to form uh, relationships, and not just with you and, and Piper, but you know, I, I, did you remember that things you, you did start to get close, or was it kind of like well, uh, I, I, countdown? I think, yeah, I think Gene and Pat. 
were, were there, they were buddies before. And, right. uh, you yeah. know, I think that even though they weren't roommates and then, you know, yeah. Gene was room with Tony and, <laughs> you know, Oh, poor and Tony, you know, he chews tobacco and the tobacco spits yeah. everywhere. And of course, you know, we all know about his hygiene and his pooping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Oh my God. So poor Oakland, you know, and then, uh, oh, then he uh, gets into the foot fetish thing too, which was, oh, it's that's a whole different deal. It's not a foot fetish, it's like standing on them. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Like base walking. I actually found uh, because I want, I, I never heard of it before. I actually did some more research on this and yeah, it's where people, people <laughs> just your other life you were talking face. about early in the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know nothing about this. That was all. a shot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So it's down. I wrote it down. Uh, but there's, there is a video out there of Tony Atlas, uh, having this done to him with some woman with a big giant boot, kicking him in the face repeatedly and then punching hard, him. hard. Have you seen this? Yeah. Right? Oh, it's, it's, it's well known, you know, I mean, he, there's, that? you know, he's, he's there and a girl in high heels is just kicking him in the yeah. face. I mean, boom. So that's when me and Tony were having trouble. I said, I knew I'm not going to hit him in the face. <laughs> he get, he get <laughs> an erection. Him. Are you kidding? I punch him. He get a hard on. <laughs> we can put my boots on. Oh God. Yeah. That just, that's just bizarre. But, um, I tried to get back on track here. <laughs> But I did. I found that tape. I'm like, oh my god! Surprised well, you only watch it two dozen times. Yeah, I, after you know, after the fifteenth time, Jay, it was just too much. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. But uh, but you could see there they even with with Tony, and I don't know if it got better, but it seemed like you guys really did start to you know come together. Was that the case? No, I, I no. think Tony, I, no, no, yet. Yeah. I think there was there was friction there at that house just after that long of a time. Now, yeah. said, since then, it, it's passed because we're both you know shoot older guys. We realize you know it, it actually added to the show. Looking back at it, that little Tony being the fly in the ointment oh, causing no, that I, trouble. That was work. That that was uh, one of the better parts of the show. A lot of folks. But what think, about so. with the other, the other guys too? Like the one scene, and it, honest to God, it got to me. It's when when Jimmy breaks down about his daughter earlier before you guys had the dinner, but when he talks about losing his daughter, and you could just tell this is a guy, and and this is an, at one point I really did want to bring up to uh, Jim, and in, in, in the case like with, with Jimmy and, uh, where it was probably something that he never really let himself address. And when he did, he broke down, but it also brings up and he talks about the fact that what you guys do for a living is, is very tough on families and you're trying to do the best you can to, cause you've got to make a living and support them. But at the same time, you miss so much. And I think that that was one thing that really kind of came out there to what you guys sacrificed that way. Yeah, and I, I tell you, we uh, did, we all the group of us did get close enough because I know we all shared stuff at that dinner that I don't think a lot of us ever shared before. Definitely not in a forum like that. And uh, you know, I think I think we've staying together that long. The, the the bond between the eight of us was was strong enough where we felt like we could uh, open up like that. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, it, it kind of leading up to that because I want to as we begin to wrap this thing up. The, but you, they had a one of the last episodes um, where you did a roast, which I thought was a great episode because it was really kind of funny. The people that you would never think would do well in that situation. I mean, I knew you would do well because you do stand up. But, you know, some of the other people, I thought Jimmy Hart would do well. I mean, that's 
and he bombed, and so did and and Howard. Like it was just like, poor Howard. Oh, God, oh, I know. I just felt <laughs> it was brutal. And they actually put in sound effects of crickets. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was cruel. That wasn't sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> but there were uh, the actual crickets. But Tony Atlas was was actually funny. Tony uh, was funny. Yeah, Tony was funny. It. Uh, you know, Roddy was funny. Yeah, and they uh, had a couple comedian guys come in and do. do yeah. uh, and I tell you, those guys—they I didn't think they were funny at all, man. I, you know, it's always I was kind of ribbing on them a little bit. Uh, they were just the stuff they said was just mean, mean spirited. Uh, you know, because yeah. we talk after I'm like, I ain't gonna say that about Pat, or Pat's not gonna say that. You know, Duggan looks like a, a Sharpay out there without a shirt on, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You, you know, Pat's like. Uh, you know, hey, we're not going to say that kind of stuff. You know, you can be funny without being brutal like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, that, and I, even though it was a roast, I mean, right. I don't think anybody got roasted too hard. Yeah, but when you came back from there, uh, and it was actually it was a you know it was it was a uh, entertaining. But when you came back from there, Roddy actually thanked everybody for not going to places where you pro- you certainly could have because you know things about people. Well, I've got some uh, skeletons in their closet, you know, and of course, uh, you know, pipes, (laughs) he's got a whole group of them in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he was, he was definitely a a unique individual for a a lot of reasons, but uh, that's one of the reasons you loved him too, you know? And everybody had a good time and a good laugh without being mean and hurtful. Cause you know, you say stuff like that. Oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. It's a, it was as, as in wrestling, you call it ribbing on the square. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, it's a yeah. rib, but it's a shoot. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's, and you, oh, what, what? It's a rib, you know, and it's yeah, not a ribbon on the square, baby. But as you guys, uh, you know, as the, this starts to wrap up and they, and, and I, I thought they did a great job doing it, but, uh, where you guys come together and you go to dinner and, uh, Pat had got, had gotten the ball rolling on this. It's something I, I think, you know, he had planned on doing like something he wanted to do. He had made I up think that, I think that was a big part of the show. I think that was yeah. a, a, a big uh, thing of the show. They wanted Pat to come out of the closet. I think right. a lot of the show revolved around getting him to do that. And I know they were kind of, the uh, producers were putting a little pressure on pipe, you know, they, cause he came close one time. We were all sitting there at the house and mm-hmm. he really beat around the bush. Right. He never came out of it, you know, yeah. and you know, he passed like, well, I know everybody's got questions. I'm like, Pat, I don't have a question. I don't care what you do, whatever no. you do, as long as everybody's consenting. Well, uh, right. I had to do it, but yeah. And, and the thing about that is everybody in the business, uh, knew this about Pat. There was, yeah, was never, I mean, from the time the I first world, came right? in, yeah, everybody knew about his, his life, you know, and it was, and you know, I, I'll tell you what, it was, uh, I was pretty young then at the time when I joined the WWF, I was about 28 years old. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you that the WWF of that culture, there was one of the most accepting that I've ever seen in my life that, you know, uh, it was, you know, I knew that about Pat probably within the first few months I was there. I knew Louie very well. I know that, you know, Louie, uh, who was his partner for many, many years. We used to go, we lived in Stanford we went to their house all the time. Louis yeah. was an awesome cook and people would just, uh, from everybody work liked Louis. He was a good guy. Yeah. And then okay. when, and when Louis passed, it, it broke Pat's heart. Yeah. No, I, when I went to that funeral and, um, it was, you know, he was, but I think that, and this is what kind of surprised me, but I was surprised that there was still so much inside of him about making that public, you know, because he was in an environment, I think where people, 
really accepted who he was. And like you said, I, I'm the, whatever you want to do, that's your choice. You know, that's your whatever. That's fine. And I think that, you know, 99% of the people in that place were, felt the same way. But I think right. that he, to him going public, I think was like to to really just finally say, this is me. And man, it was an emotional uh, part of that program. That was a, that was a heavy, heavy night. I mean, guys uh, shared things that the, they normally wouldn't. I know I, I opened my heart with something I never talk about. And for a minute there, I, actually, when we did the recap, I was a little hot because I thought they, they used us to just to milk that out of Pat, to get Pat to come out of the closet. And I'm saying mm-hmm. I'm sharing these traumatic things that happened in our lives just as for Pat to come out of the closet. Yeah. I mean, so I was a little upset about that. But, you know, I, I think Pat being an older guy, he was a little more aware of, you know, coming out. You know, nowadays I don't think it's, it's such a big deal. But right. I think his generation might be a little bit uh, harder to do. But I think he did it. I think it was a huge weight, as you saw, the relief on his face that night when he finally came out and said yeah. he was gay. And yeah. I mean, and everybody embraced him. Good for you, Pat, you know. Yeah, and, then, and that's like I said, that was, to me, that was the realization because I was kind of wondering why, but now I, I, I totally understand it. I mean, you could just see to him that was uh, finally, he, and he said, I'm free. And yeah. none of I, you know, well, that'd be understand a, 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 enti- all those years and those years and years. Imagine keeping that secret for all those years. I mean, you know, like you said, it's a bad kept secret in the business, but I mean, his public persona was yeah. people didn't know. Yeah. But, and you just said, and maybe this was part of, it because it is, that's what this reality TV does. That's what these producers do. They want the, the but I'll tell you what though, it was, uh, Wonderful to see, though, to see these grown men who come from what everybody, you know, this tough, tough environment. And you can say whatever you want, how would they do things in the ring, whatever. But it is a tough world. You don't you got to be one tough son of a bitch to do it. Uh, that they show that human side, you know, and I know, you you know, you talk about the, the car accident that you were involved in, lost someone very close to you. That was not easy for you. And you it, it, and and Jimmy talking again about losing his daughter and. Uh, you know, and Gene, uh, his wife gave him one of her kidneys and it was together, you know, I just thought it was, it was, yeah, that's what, what if you look at uh, the the, the subject matter of that conversation of that dinner conversation, I think Pat's deal was down the line. No. Yeah. You know, I don't think it was that, uh, groundbreaking when Jimmy sharing his stuff. I mean, uh, my stuff, uh, it's life and death. I mean, it's, it's different, but, uh, That uh, it is what it is, and Pat, uh, you know, came out and it was good for him. Yeah. Um, and the way they wrapped this whole thing up, and I, I think they kind of went down the line. Remember, they have like all the limousines when everything's all said and done, because you have this great dinner, <laughs> and Pat sings, "I did it my way." And right. It was. It was. Uh, you know, and you guys performed the song that that hacksaw. I mean, that uh, hillbilly sure. and and Jimmy wrote, and that it was great. But the. You know, the final scenes when everybody's leaving and they come one at a time and their limousines, their limousines pick them up. I'm sure that it, it you know, the last two were you and yeah, Rob. Pipe. And they, that was, they planned it that way. Uh, but I think of, of seeing the unions that were made in that house, the strongest two uh, were, or the strongest, you know, uh, connection was you and Roddy. And I know yeah. that 
Going in, neither one of you thought that was going to be the case. No, I don't think anybody in the show thought it was the case. I mean, I don't think, you know, that's why the fans called it the bromance. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, I don't think that I thought there might, I think they thought there'd be a little more conflict between me and Pipe instead of us becoming brothers, you know, and, uh. Like, there's no other the other group in that in that house that uh, formed that type of relationship. I mean, after that, we we stayed in touch. Uh, we talk weekly, you know, text back and forth. Uh, he got me that role in the blockbuster movie, Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies. I mean, we, <laughs> that they're we had, he still was, talking uh, about. Yeah, he was a, a a good friend, and it broke my heart when he when he passed. Yeah, and it's too it's too bad it didn't happen sooner. But I know you appreciate, uh, you know. The time that you did, that, that you had that relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, when you guys did the big, uh, you know, they had Lawler. And I guess what, Ashley wasn't available. I don't know. Maybe she was off on another uh, singing tour or something. But they had Lawler host that. And that was, yeah, that was okay. But they really were trying to, you know, uh, bring up old stuff. I, but I thought that what really uh, put the period on this one was that last episode. And then, uh, you know, when you guys... All so goodbye. Yes. And, and that I, was once later they did that recap deal. But yeah. of course we were all glad to do it because we all got together down there at, uh, in Orlando. We actually did the, that last show. And, that uh, full sale that you guys did that. At, pardon? Did you do that last show at that full sale university, the new facility down there? Is that where that uh, was shot? I'm not sure exactly where they did it. Uh, I was still drinking back then, brother. <laughs> <laughs> But what was it? What was it like to come back together after I don't know how many months later? Was it a well, year? Uh, years? Well, I mean, because no, it, didn't it, it was months. I don't think it, okay. it, it was a year. I'm not sure to tell you the truth. But of course, me and Pipe had been staying in touch and were had seen each other at WrestleManias and a couple of other different events. So we got down there early to hook up together, and then uh, you know Pat and everything was like seeing friends you see all the time. And uh, Tony was the you know little question mark how that was going to go. And of course it, it went pretty good until, you know, I think they said they wanted Jerry to stir that pot a little bit and, uh, to get a little more emotion out of that last one. But I don't think it was definitely not as heartfelt as that Chippendales deal when I was yeah. blowing smoke and ready to go. But, uh, you well, know, you know made, I wanted, what I want to hear you say to him, you know, you could have said, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got feelings too. <laughs> Well, you know why Tony has to sit on a, a window seat on the airplane, don't you? Oh, why is that? Why is that? Because he likes to look down on 30,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, that's where you put in the uh, snare drum. Bang, <laughs> bang. Okay. Well, um, uh, overall, though, what, what was your uh, overall feeling on it? Because the last scene in there, you have Roddy in the house and he played, you know, it, it, it was like, uh, plays the piano. He's playing. The, I mean, it's just like. And then he says, the, the one thing, though, that really sticks with you is, you know, when I came here, I said, they're going to learn from me. But I, I did. I learned from them. Uh, what were your thoughts when it was when it was all over on the whole experience? Yeah, it was a it was definitely a learning experience. You know, I, I went in apprehensive, not knowing what was going to happen. And like I said, I, I found one of my best friends in my life. Uh, and and got to know like Pat and Gene guys that I've known a little bit, but didn't really have any uh, 
real uh, interaction with. Now I see him at WrestleMania and stuff. It's a unique, tight group. The the the, the remaining Legend House guys. When we see each other, it's uh, it's always great to see because you know it's we we experience something that very few people have a chance to experience. A reality show. I mean, top level reality show like that. It was a a great experience for me and uh, something I'm glad I did. Yeah, and you say you do it again. Yeah, I, I I do it again. Really? It was hard being five, you know, five weeks is a long time away yeah. from your family. You know, my animals. That's what yeah. I said. We, we, there's nothing to pet, pet at Legend House except Piper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could have got as a house dog yeah. or something, but yeah. uh, it, it was uh, it was a good time and uh, a great experience. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, that's that's you know, well maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see the sequel. But uh, the one of the reasons I talked to you is uh, some of the people I know with the. You know that were involved with the show at that time, and one of the biggest reasons is it was a very expensive venture, and uh, and and the the man hours involved uh, in putting that show together is just incredible. And I think they're reluctant to do it, but like you said, there's there's word that they're maybe putting something else together, maybe uh, you know maybe more recent guys or something, but. Uh, of course, uh, the, the, I think the, they pulled it off. I mean, as, as far as if I just, you know, look at it from a purely uh, just a fan viewpoint, uh, I thought they did a really good job. And I thought that it did tell a story uh, over the course of the, that many weeks of, of these guys coming together and uh, growing. It got, it got uh, great ratings, of course. Uh, it did well. Yeah. And kind of an offshoot of it is the uh, Diva show. Of course, you know, they got the uh, the Diva show is kind of the reality show kind of following that uh, Legend House format. Yeah. Well, that uh, I hope that answered Dark Wonder Boy's question. That's one of our Twitter questions we got about whether it be a season two. And at, th- at this point, you know, there's rumblings that they might. But like I said, it's a it's a yeah, big, it was big. an expensive uh, adventure. That's for sure. But so it was great to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I wanted was my honey bunches of oats. Damn it. <laughs> what do you have? Like 18 boxes at home. You're probably set for the year. What he came, he came with one bag. He's leaving with the uh, two more. What's what's in there? All the things to take home, right? Honey bunches bunch of home. oats. <laughs> Any other souvenirs? Um, no, not really. I tell you, I, the, the crew though, they, 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 they ravaged that them. house. They <laughs> lose it. I tell you, we were just Harpo's getting up his grave. <laughs> right. I mean, you know how the crew is the camera oh, guys, yeah. you got the lounge chairs. I mean, but now, the, now, the, you, the, 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 all that stuff had to go. So they, they, one of the fringe benefits, I guess, to put up any, with us. Did you have any sneaking out stories? Gene tells one that, that he says that, he, uh, that, uh, he and, and, uh, Pat, Yes, uh, snuck out snuck and went out. to a night. Went to a karaoke oh, it, bar, or something, or yeah, yeah. They went to a karaoke bar in Palm Springs <laughs> with Pat. Right? right. <laughs> I wonder what they were singing. Yeah, but anyway, well. yeah, no, because that was a big deal. Because you know, we tried to get out a couple times and we couldn't get out. And really. Yeah, uh, and so they they got out. So we all got together. We locked every door in the house. Right, the whole that was going to be the whole deal. Jimmy Hart was supposed to lock the front door. Everybody, all the doors were locked. Jimmy goes, "Oh, I forgot to lock my door." They walked right in the front door, killed, <laughs> killed the whole rib. Jimmy just didn't want to do it. You know, Jimmy's like, "Oh, I know, like, yeah, I forgot." All right, lock them all out. Yeah. Well, uh, we, I hope that uh, we answered all your questions about Legends House, and uh, it, 
looked no. like a you know a great experience uh, for do better a or worse. More shows on this movie, I tell you, there's a lot more on, on Legend House. It was a great time, and you know, and that's a good thing about the network. Folks can go back and watch it over and over. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick question from Ibzan uh, Arroyo. He's uh, a, a faithful listener, Jim, and he just. Uh, uh, is getting the new DVD, the one I hosted for WWE, along with uh, Charlie Caruso. Um, uh, it just talks about the blindfold match with Rick Martel. Uh, a lot of people wanted to, uh, that's that's included on that DVD. And yes, uh, they talk about the, uh, the, uh, the model pin. Apparently this guy got a, a collector's model pin. Um, and it was... Uh, you know, very hard to find, I guess it's the, but we had one of them for this, but, uh, yes, Ibsen, that was, uh, that's included on the, on the set, uh, and the match that, uh, with the blindfold match, if you remember, uh, he throws the cologne in, uh, blind Jake. So it's, uh, it's one of those on there. Uh, Jim, you know, we've got kind of off to a slow start with our pro wrestling tease.com, uh, us missing that show last week, but, uh, we've got some great t-shirts out there. Um, there's the, of course, the, you know, and, and uh, can you believe that the, 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 the Sean Mooney Who t-shirts are still available, Jim? Uh, I can't quite understand how they haven't been just uh, flying off the shelf. <laughs> but well, uh, you could be uh, one of the first <laughs> <laughs> to own a Sean Mooney Who t-shirt. But there's also the official primetime podcast tee, which I love. I love our logo. Yeah. Uh, was that a shot? With a uh, very handsome mug on it uh, in uh, in great form, hacksaw Jim Duggan was that a shot? Uh, ding ding ding! Which Jim does doesn't understand why the hell we ever made a T-shirt out of that, but I like it. <laughs> and of course, Ho Nation with a with the uh, outline of our great country that we uh, love so much with the uh, words Ho Nation in it and the flag inside the cutout of the United States, which is well, I like really, that really one. Yeah. yeah. So go go to prowrestlingtees.com, folks. Go to prowrestlingtees.com and just uh, search primetime with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Sean Mooney, and all those T-shirts come up. We'd love to have you, uh, uh, you know, get a T-shirt. And I'm uh, going to tell you right now, uh, part of the proceeds uh, are going to go to the relief uh, of the folks for the folks in Houston and those surrounding areas. We're going to uh, give some money to uh, from great idea. So uh, please go and help us out. And I know that Pro Wrestling Tees is doing the same thing. So go to Pro Wrestling Tees, help us out uh, with uh, helping those people down there. We'd love to. Uh, and, and of course, uh, I want to see uh, a uh, Sean Mooney Who t-shirt at one of the uh, WWE events. <clears throat> Just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, please continue to help spread the word. Uh, download uh, the podcast. At iTunes, give us a rating, subscribe, do all that, uh, whatever your platform is. Please keep joining the nation. We are expanding our numbers, Jim. Uh, folks love the Jake the Snakes, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts episode. <laughs> We've got more, uh, more on that coming up. So stick with us. Uh, and uh, contact us, of course, at Twitter, at Official Hacksaw, and at Sean Mooney Who. And, of course, email us at primetime MLW. Uh, no, that's, that's our other Twitter account. Primetime at MLW.com. Primetime at MLW.com. All right, Jim. John. Love, love being with you again. I'm glad I'm back, and we'll have more coming up next week. Take us home. What do you mean by that, Mooney? 
Well, we got more great stuff. <laughs> no, okay. Well, let me, let me go ahead and plug real quick. This weekend, yep. uh, Nashville Wizard right. World Comic Con, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Money uh, Monday with Lee Bryce uh, for the Folds of Honor, uh, doing a, a uh, clay shoot in, in Nashville, and then the following weekend, Manchester, New Hampshire, for a Comic Con. Wow. So check that out. And who knows what we're going to talk about next week if Mooney can stay off the road. We'll, we'll get it in. We'll get it in. We promise. All right, a great talking to everybody. Thanks for listening. And this hoes for you, tough guy. Ho! The world of NLW Radio never stops. Interested in starting your own podcast? Audioboom can help with our $9.99 monthly subscription plan for hosting and distribution. You'll get 200 minutes of recording time per episode, a branded homepage on the Audioboom platform, embeddable players for web and social media, advanced analytics, and so much more. To sign up for your $9.99 monthly subscription plan, go to audioboom.com start. That's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-M dot com slash S-T-A-R-T.